Do you know your suffering can be a powerful tool? Tia shared that if you choose to look deeper, your suffering can be the catalyst for helping you find your purpose. She shares that suffering offers us an opportunity to reflect and refine ourselves, and offers a pathway to enlightenment. So please stick around and enjoy the show. Coffee with Tea. I'm your host, Tanya Tyler, and I'm excited because I've already dove into the conversation. You're going to tell in. So I'm going to be talking to Miss Tia Lawa, who's going to be filling us in on suffering, but she has already dropped some nuggets on me about my sign <laughs> and, and everything like that. So without further ado, I'm just going to bring her on in because she's already started, had the party rolling already. So Miss Tia, welcome to the show. Thank it's you. It's a pleasure to be here, Tanya. Absolutely. <laughs> You've already been dropping nuggets on me already. And I was like, we should have been hitting record a while back. So you know what? I got to make sure I stay on track because that's the tourist sign of me. There it is, right there. Keep us steady. Keep us going, Tanya. You got it. So Miss Tia, first of all, I always like to ask a little bit about who you are and how are you handling all of this COVID-19 stuff? And what would be your recommendation for anybody who's suffering through this? Because we're going to dive into So uh, let's see. Let's go through the, through the first question first. How am I with COVID? Um, you know, COVID is a deep, deep breath. This 2020 is a deep, deep breath. And I mean, with everything that's happened. And so for me, if you'll notice, like this whole this whole year has been one giant deep breath, literally with the death of a gentleman, it, you know, with all of that stuff that's happening, I can't breathe. We've been saying this for millennia. We've been saying, you know, I, 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 this feels so, so uh, tight and tense. This feels there's too much pressure. I'm too pressurized. This is too overwhelming. The whole world having a majority ideal that we don't have enough time to do a thing or, you know, there's something big and bad and scary waiting for us. And so I think that COVID and, you know, everything that's happened this year has been uh, for 2020 has been this giant realization for us. You know, you can't have that many people saying, well, I'd love to do this thing, but I don't have the time enough people get together and say, I don't have the time. Well, eventually the world is going to do something to reflect that. So for COVID, I mean, I can say that it's been really good for business. Uh, You know, there's been a lot of people that have had to sit at home. And if you are someone in your life that has been going, you know, going, going, going for years and decades, then you have a breather. But now that you have a breather, what are you going to do with it? And so what happens is when you don't have all these distractions and you don't have all of these things that you have to get going, you have this moment to, and in that breath, that can get a little scary for people who aren't used to doing that kind of work. You know, somebody who's used to doing a eight to six kind of job is, is not the the person that is usually in the headspace that they've got to take a look at themselves, but here's 2020 giving us this, you know moment to take a look at ourselves so 
I'm good with COVID. I, you know, I don't, I don't want anybody to die. That's not, you know, ever an intention. And so the people who have experienced uh, coronavirus, you know, something that's really interesting, Tanya, this whole thing, like it started out being called the coronavirus and Corona in Latin means crown. And there are, there are three groups in our history that, that just three that I've looked at, I'm sure there's plenty more. You have this group of people so many, so many thousands of years ago called the Gnostics. And you have this other group of people called the Essenes. And then you even have this group of people in, in the Incan culture in Peru called the Laika. And all three of these groups of people seemingly unrelated, they all literally were working towards making themselves better people. The Gnostics called it living angels. And so you have the Gnostics, the, the Essenes, the Cathars, the Laika, there's several. So their big work was to get to this place where you were a shining, emanating, illuminated being, the angels on earth. So what each of those cultures called that ritual had something to do with the crown, the, the king receiving the crown, the crown upon the head. Each of these different, I just kind of look at something like coronavirus and it's like, well, why would you call it coronavirus? Where does that crown part come from? What if this is our big initiation? What if this is the thing that we've all had to go through in one way or another? We all know somebody that's affected by it. Most of us are affected by it in one way or another. And so what if this is just that old initiation coming through the channels that it could come through at this time? That, that's where I'm at with it. So, um, so coronavirus, like I'm grateful for the blessings of what it's brought. It's got people to take a moment to breathe. It's got people calling their loved ones more often. It's got people being more open with themselves. It's got people being more authentic. It's got people questioning their purpose. So, uh, you know, for me, it's a, it's a blessing in that. So that's, that's where I'm at with Right, right, right. I, I, I always had to ask you because, like I said, you always bring a, a new perspective on some things that maybe, like so we always need to hear or, you know, just reflect upon. So I thank mm -hmm. you for that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Thanks for receiving it. You know, some people don't, some people don't want to hear things. Some people, my grandmother, my grandmother's my best friend, and she's my number one guardian angel now. And one of the biggest things that she used to ever say was, any man who is unwilling to listen to the opinions or the perspective of another person apparently does not have enough faith in their own. And I always thought like, whoa, that's a, that's a big one. Thanks, Mima. So I just live by that. Like, I, I want to hear other people. I want to hear their perceptions. So thanks for doing what you do in this work because you're, you're on your path. You're doing your thing too, Tanya. Good. I'll receive that. Thank you. <laughs> so reflections. Reflections. I love it. I love it. Like I said, I we had this talk about you being the calming spirit. I was like, and I'm all that hyped up, and you're like, hmm. So it's like, but we're gonna really get into why we're talking about um suffering. And and this was something that you I always like to ask people, like, what do they want to talk about? And you brought up suffering. So what's the one thing that you really want to um talk about that people are just don't maybe understand about suffering. So I, I really feel like we've taken this concept of suffering, the experience of suffering, and we all suffer. We all go through something. I've been around this world several times and uh, I've never crossed paths with somebody who doesn't have a story about suffering. 
a lot of times I notice that people take suffering as, well, this is just the hand that I was dealt. And it's like, well, hold, you know, stop, put the brakes on. Like, what does that even mean? This is the hand that you were dealt. And when I'm working with clientele that have like physical ailments and diseases, even they say, well, you know, this was, this was God's work. And it's like, well, what if this is your big test? Like, what if this is like the initiation of a coronavirus? Like, what if this is here to show you what your strengths are and what you could use, what you can refine and make a little stronger for the next time? So for me, suffering is this thing that people have taken in as just something to be endured. And I don't, I don't see it like that. I, I, I've had things happen in my life where, you know, you have those near-death misses and stuff and you say, whoa, let, let me pay attention to that. Or next time I'm going to listen to my intuition when it gives me that intuitive encouragement. So suffering is like that. Suffering can actually be a tool, a really great teacher. Because I feel, and what I've seen and what I've trained in and who I've studied under, suffering is, is a state of being, right? It's an emotion that we feel like sadness, because sadness usually goes along right in hand in hand with suffering. It's also a feeling like hilarity or humiliation or happiness. So if, uh, if our emotions can teach us what our perspectives are, then suffering can also show us the story that we've been writing about something, but also where we stand in this moment, and then also what we can do to refine and change that perspective so that we can literally move up out of suffering. That's a big one. You know, when the, when the Buddha was on earth, when Siddhartha Gautama, before he became the great Buddha, when he was on earth, he was born a prince. He wasn't born into a life of poverty or destitution. He was a prince. And he had to go against everything that his father laid out in front of him, all of the, the subjects of his kingdom. He had to go against all of that by making his own decision and saying, you know what? I want to end suffering in this world. So he had this great idea that he was going to go meditate harder. He was going to go into the scary places. He was going to go sit with the shadows. He was going to attain his enlightenment so that he could end all suffering. For me, I kind of look at things, not that I'm comparing myself to the Buddha, but I look at things as, all right, we go through this stuff and then we suffer in it. And then not only that, but we carry that load. It gets really heavy. And then it affects all of our current and future relationships including the one with ourselves. So when we're suffering, if we're just enduring that suffering, what you're ultimately doing is you're putting yourself into a slower and slower vibration, which then opens you up to sickness, illness, disease, toxic relationships, like all of these things. But I don't even see those as bad. I see those as catalysts as well. Everything that's happening is a, is a lesson in refinement. And I found that my life got a lot more freeing or freeing feeling because we're already free. But I started unhinging from those conditions when I stopped looking at things as, well, this is just something I have to endure. Well, this is just the hand I was dealt. Okay, it's the hand I was dealt, but what am I going to do with it? How am I going to play this hand is, is the big thing. And nobody knows about these aces up my sleeve. Like, let's, let's figure something out here. So I learned that with my teacher in my early 20s, um, that suffering just, it was a tool to help us. It wasn't this thing to keep you just going lower and lower and lower and keep kicking you down every time you try and get up. It's a thing to help you ignite into walking your path, living your purpose, seeing the things that need to be lit up. You, you know, this whole thing I've been hearing a lot in the last week about enlightenment and people saying like, well, I've got to kill off my ego. And it's like, well, 
what your ego is what makes you 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 know me and my ego is what makes me Tia. you and your ego is what makes you tanya and so when people have this mentality of like well i have to steal the ego or i have to i have to kill it and it's like well that's an aspect of you that's what makes you invariably you so for me it's not about killing anything off you know anything like that it's just simply let's go sit in these quiet places and let's find the stories of ourselves What's the story of your fear? Where did your fear come from? What's the story of your humiliation? A lot of times with my, with my clientele, I will tell them, you know, in the very beginning, I'll say, well, what's the story of that? And they'll say, well, I don't know where to begin. And I'll say, well, when was the last time you lost your presence? When was the last time that you literally, and it wasn't pretty, you lost your presence, head spinning around, like, peace looks like, but when when was that and they'll say well you know i had an argument with my significant other i had an argument with my kids or had an argument with my best friend and it's like yeah but why did you react in that argument the way that you reacted well i don't know okay well take take me there take me through it they walk me through the conversation and you start seeing how the early moments where someone suffered in their developmental years as children whatever in those early times, we go through situations and experiences. Some people call them traumas. Some people call them suffering. Some people call them great catalysts. And so you start looking at the story from, well, when was the last time that you experienced whatever it is that we're talking about? And then you just keep going further back. Well, why did you react that way? Well, why did you say it? Well, my mom used to do that. Or that's the way I used to get out of trouble with my dad or whatever it is. And so there's your suffering. Here's your story of your suffering. Here's the story of where you are. And now you've just made a straight line and now you can see things with a little more clarity. That's right. a, that's a big one. Well, Miss T, I, I, I love how you're, you're sharing this thing. And I, I, you know, I, and I want to really like leave something with the listeners that maybe they can start paying attention to. And what I'm hearing from you is you ask a lot of questions, not of just, of, of, of others, but for yourself, what you're thinking. So where did this that's really come down to? Like, asking questions like constantly asking these why so do you know is how deep do we need to go and and with these why questions you know, as is- deep as you want to you know and, and i mean literally it's rabbit holes on rabbit holes like bring a miner's lamp and pack a lunch because it's gonna be you're gonna be there for a while you know the biggest thing about people going down those rabbit holes and asking themselves questions because think about it how many people in your lifetime growing up listen to you some of us have nobody some of us maybe had a grandmother or mom that you know would listen when nobody else was how many times in your life growing up were you told how different you were or that word black sheep like how many times did that happen and in that you know how did you react or respond to it because in those early years it's important to listen and and if you haven't if you weren't listened to as a kid What happens later on is you get throat stuff because all this stuff affects your body. People who have thyroid issues, hyper or hypo, people who have like mysterious days where their voice just leaves them and they don't get sick. They just, the the voice leaves for a couple of days. That's all stuff about not being heard, not being listened to. And when I first started doing my business uh, 19 years ago, that was one of the big things with my teacher is he says, you have got to learn to listen. And I said, yeah, but I've got all this, I've got all this really good advice and I want people to hear and it's going to be great. And he says, that's not how to get it across to them. You don't talk at people. You ask them questions about themselves and then you translate that from your heart's perspective and then you throw the seed wherever you feel like you can. So for me, it was just 
you know, going through a life where I didn't feel like I was really heard. And, and I knew that the, the adults around me were lying to me about things. I mean, I just had that uncanny sense and no one ever tried to shut that down. So I guess it just kept developing. And even if it had tried to be shut down, like I'd still go work through it because I'm that stubborn. Probably because I hang out with a bunch of tourists is why. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it's important, you know, how deep do you go? Well, how deep do you want to go in this moment? If you if you're looking to tell your listeners about like an exercise or a tool to have, write down your ailments, write down your physical ailments. Do you get migraines all the time? Well, let's look at that. You know, go Google Louise Hay and heal your life and go look at the symbolism behind the physical ailments. Because a lot of times when people first start out here, there's a lot of concepts that come to them but they don't know how to decipher them. It's too much, it's, it's overwhelming. And there are, they're still in their egos. So their egos tell them like, oh my God, that's way too much. That's a total foreign language. You'll never understand that. And then they give up and it's like, wait, you had this calling to go deeper, like go deeper, I believe in you. You said something, you said something when you were asking this question is something of value, giving them something of value. You, me, aliens coming down on a ufo jesus whoever we can't give anybody anything of value until that person is choosing to value themselves that is number one number one you you cannot make changes in your life i've seen it i've helped over two thousand people you cannot make changes in your life the the good changes the big changes not just the cosmetic appearances but you can't make those deep underlying changes until you start valuing yourself when you begin to value yourself, then you get that reflection. Like my teacher used to say, this whole world, he, one of the best exercises he ever gave me is he'd say, you know, this whole world is a 360 degree mirror reflection of you. So look at the things going on in your life and tell me what you see now. Well, when you make it personal for somebody, then all of a sudden, you know, that guy that was rude and I can't believe, how are you going to say that when you're talking to yourself? And so that was a really good exercise for me. Uh, another one that for your listeners is the understanding of value. Take a look at what your relationship to money is because money is a symbolism of how we value ourselves. You, you, if you just listen to people and you start asking the questions and you listen closely and you make sure that you know, you're in your heart with it and you're not making judgments on the answers, then you can start to see like the, the path lights up. It, I'm a seer. It's what I do. I, I see for people. I see options and I see opportunities and I see how they've been and I see their stories from the past. I had to, I had to, to study for this and I had to learn how to apply it in my life. And only when I started applying it in my life, did the, the clientele start coming. And when that happened, it was like, oh, okay, we're on to something here. So if I treat myself better and I value this work and I put my number on it and I hold that in value, you mean people are going to show up and pay me for this? Yes. <laughs> yes. And I'm grateful for it. But that's, I mean, I had to get right with my relationship with money. Ultimately I had to get right with my relationship with myself and be able to listen to my intuition. So it all starts with self-value and self-worth. If the person, you know, when people used to show up here, we used to tell them, all right, we have a mantra for you. And the mantra was, I am love. I'm priceless. I'm fearless. I'm beautiful. All is happening in perfection. And I choose love. That's a big one for people. Now, getting somebody to say, hey, can you say I'm love? That, you know, usually because there's enough of the, there's enough love reflection in the world right now. Facebook, you know, everybody puts up their positive memes and affirmations. 
that's a, that's a, usually people can get through that way. I am priceless. That starts you, that's when their voice starts to tremble. Uh, I am fearless. That's when their ego switches on and they say, no, you're not fearless. Look at, you know, you made all these decisions in fear. Even those decisions in fear that we've made have created enough uncomfortableness, hurt, um, pain, that eventually it catalyzes us into choosing love. So even when you've made those choices in fear in life, you were still ultimately choosing love. So that's okay too. And then when you say, I'm love, I'm priceless, I'm fearless, I'm beautiful. That, when we were doing this 10 years ago, that was the one where if they weren't crying by then, there were usually some tears flowing on that one. Getting them, I mean, and literally people say, well, okay, I'm love, I'm priceless, I'm fearless, I'm, I'm and it's like, hey, you know, just say the word, beautiful, beautiful. Okay, now put I'm before it. I'm, and it's like, all right, we're on to something here. There's something that's, we have forgotten the beauty of ourselves. We, you gotta understand, if you're looking at the world as a mere reflection, then anything beautiful out here that you see is just seen by the beautiful that's in you. That's a huge one for people. And so uh, that mantra has been really helpful for people. It's been helpful for me, for sure. Well, thank I hope you. Your question, Tanya. I see well, it's going it does, like, I'm, I'm just taking it all in. I'm just like, hmm. <laughs> so, I'm fascinated by everything that you're sharing. So. I, I, I'm not telling you anything new. No. And, and, and the beautiful thing about it is that, you know, people say, oh my gosh, this person's teaching me and they're doing, no, life, that person, that guide, that, that uh, uh, life coach that you've, you've, you know, picked up, we're all just reminding each other. We're reminding each other to remember a thing. Remember that word, remember, like, you know, I remember this, I remember that. It literally originates from a phrase that means to sew back together, like literally sewing back together. So I think like, all right, we are all trying to achieve peace here. What if like all of these little memories here are just pieces? And so as we remember, we're sewing all those pieces together and that's where we find our peace, P-E-A-C-E. So, you know, for me, it's like anything that's happening, it's, it's refining you, it's making you stronger, but you can't react to it. A reaction is a repeated action. That's why it's called a reaction a repetitive action, an action that you have repeated before. When you respond to something, that's where you come from that place of grace. That's where you come from that steady. That's where you come from, you know, being responsible with the power of your own perception because how you choose to see anything is what's going to create your reality around you. That is so wonderful. So you're remembering. Oh, beautiful, Miss Tia. You know, I love it. I love it. I love it. And I cannot believe we hit the 20 minutes, but I do have to, um, this is the one question I have to have because I know people are going to probably want to follow up with, where can people find more information about you, your services, and what you do? So I'm on Facebook, Tia Lavoie, L-A-V-O-I-E. Um, I also have a, a work page on Facebook called Be Love, See Love, B-E. L-O-V-E-S-E-E-L-O-V-E. And uh, and also, you know, I'm on I'm on Instagram. I finally made the leap and I'm on Instagram. It's T-L-A-V-O-I-E, T-I-A-L-A-V-O-I-E, shamanic practitioner. And you know, find me there. You're you're welcome to show up, join, invite, do a thing. Let's do this. We're helping oh, people. Like, 
the nice people always find the other nice people at the party. So thanks for this, Connie. I, again, I have to say shout out to Miss Isadora. She found, she connected us. So shout out to Miss Isadora. I haven't met her, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And I also want to, um, I'd love to have you come back on and we can talk again if you, if you let, we'd love to yeah, have you that's um, You know, I would love to do some kind of something where we can teach people some breathing exercises to help them work through anxiety or help them work through, you know, taking that leap or even helping them like sit strong and be confident in what they hear when they have their own internal dialogues with their hearts. I'm game for that. Open anytime, Tanya. Well, thank you. Thank you. And I also want to remind those listeners who tune in that feedback is always, always welcome. Email us if you have any guests and show ideas. Thank you for watching it. If you enjoyed all of the nuggets that Tia dropped and you picked them up, give us a thumbs up. And, and if you enjoyed all the insight that she had, please consider hitting that subscribe button over there. And remember, take things in stride, go with the flow and create your own path. And we'll see you back here on another episode of Coffee with Tea. So bye-bye for now. Thank you. We'll see you, Tanya. Share with us. What was one of your takeaways from today's show? Post your answers on our Facebook page. Hi everyone, this is Tanya again, popping in to say thank you for listening to today's show. Coffee with Tea interviews are always free, and if you're enjoying the wisdom and insights that are being shared, please stay and grow with us and show your financial support. You can buy us coffee or become a monthly supporter. Links are posted in the description box. And again, I wanted to personally say thank you for tuning in.